Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. I've got Sherelle McMillan with me. Not a true post-game podcast. Hard to do that at you know, one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, East Coast. But Sherelle, North Carolina just wore Stanford out from the perimeter. If the Heels shoot like that, and we'll break it down a little bit further. But if they shoot like that on a semi-regular basis, they're going to be tough to deal with throughout the season. Yeah, it it was a pretty, um, uh, I think, impressive performance from North Carolina. This had all of the kind of earmarks for what we would consider a trap game or early North Carolina season loss. Playing against an opponent like Stanford on the road, a, a true road game, starting at an unconventional time uh, for the North Carolina players, you know, 1130 p.m. even though it was 8 30 on the west coast and then a school who's just hungry to get back to you know what they once were all those things added together plus you know they do have a couple of talented players so i think this was a big test for north carolina and and they passed it with flying colors specifically joel berry and kenny williams I mean, the backcourt was pretty tremendous for north carolina last night yeah if you look at the three-point shooting carolina for the game 11 of 26 which is you know, a little over 42 percent not that if you watched the game, you would think it would have been better than that. But then you see Barry and Kenny Williams go 11 for 19 together. Kenny Williams, of course, had all, all his in the first, what, eight minutes of the ball game. I can't recall seeing uh, Kenny Williams shoot like that for sure. But the, a North Carolina starting backcourt to look as good as they did is as impressive as I've seen that from North Carolina, even in the championship seasons for quite some time. Yeah, you know, Kenny Williams had a rep coming out of high school. Most of it was made on the EYBL, the Nike AAU circuit, of being a really great shooter. And outside of a few moments, you know, in his North Carolina career, he really had showed it. I think it was the Radford game last season where he hit four or five threes, got hot in the first half. And then other than that, he's been, you know, a pretty average, you know, below average to average shooter. And this season, that's not the case. He's kind of come out firing. I think uh, a combination of being healthy, having the confidence to succeed at the college level and having the opportunity with Cam Johnson on the sideline has been pretty valuable for Kenny Williams. And plus, you know, he's a Roy Williams favorite. And so I think the coaching staff has put a lot of trust in him and he's responding well on the court. Joel Berry, that's kind of what you expect from him. I mean, at this point, there's nothing left in college basketball for him to do except for continue to get better. And, and we're seeing that. The first game, he was definitely rusty. I think you could see that, you know, there might have been a little extra juice in his system since he missed uh, North Carolina's first game. But last night, after a, a little bit of a rough start, he was locked in the rest of the game. And, you know, that's kind of what they expect from him. He can be somebody who can carry a team deep into the NCAA tournament. I mean, he's proven it already. And I think he's more equipped to even do so this year. I thought one of the funnier moments of the broadcast was Barry's going off, heating up, just making shots from all over the court, and they show the best seniors. 
that announcer's best seniors graphic and Barry's name's <laughs> not on it. I mean, the, the, the announcer, he was kind of like, yeah, he would have been on here, but he missed the first game. And I was like, yeah, you probably should have called the production truck. It, it was pretty funny. Yeah. So that's, but that said, your thoughts on him being just underrated overall. I mean, he does not get at least from what I see he, from the national media, at least he does not get the props that he deserves. I mean, the kid, his resume, like he and Theo have talked about going into this season, his resume is going to be as good as any North Carolina player ever. And it's, and in doing that, it's as good as almost any college basketball player ever. And Barry just doesn't get the, the recognition. I don't think he deserves. And I think part of it is, you know, he was on a, a pretty loaded team last year. He had Marcus Page here his first two seasons at North Carolina. And then North Carolina has always been a wing, big man, you know, kind of school as far as point production. He is different from North Carolina's other point guards in that he's much more of a scorer. And I think it's just it's hard for people to kind of grasp a North Carolina uh, point guard who maybe scores 25 points but only has four assists as opposed to what they kind of have traditionally had, which is someone who may score 14 points but have 10 assists. So part of it is, you know, there's an infatuation with freshmen that we have as a culture for whatever reason, because they're the next big thing, they're the new thing, they're the unknown thing. And then you mix that with what I was saying about kind of traditional North Carolina point guards. And that's why Barry has maybe gone under the radar a little bit. I mean, he is preseason All-ACC. He made a couple of preseason All-American teams. So I think he's getting some respect, maybe not as much as the fan base and those around uh, North Carolina basketball would like. But I, I do think he's getting some. Yeah, and I put the comma in the wrong place in my comment there. I don't think he gets the the press he deserves rather than the press, I don't think he deserves. So my point is very underrated to me watching him. And like you said, there's a variety of reasons for that. Speaking of, it's a shameless, another shameless plug by McMillan. We uh, actually have talked to a couple of people to try to gain some insight into what Barry did um, in the offseason and kind of the, the stuff he's trying to use to improve. And that will be up on the Weekly Scoop um, today on Inside Carolina on the UNT Basketball Premium Message Board. You know, it's tough to get better when you're already one of the best. He's certainly worked at it to do that. And he's that leader we've talked about all year. I mean, you can just see that. And then you throw in Cam Johnson down the road. North Carolina's perimeter is going to be covered. What, what do you think about that, Tommy? We, we were talking, um, was talking a little bit offline with some of the basketball staff at IC. How do you think, it, we're, we're inverting, but how do you think they're going to try and, and put Cam back into the lineup once he's healthy? Because that starting five, well, four of the starting five seems pretty set to me, especially with the way Kenny Williams has started shooting. So how, how do you think they're going to try and integrate Cam back when he's healthy, you know, uh, in December? Yeah, see, I, I don't know because, like you said, well, if this was a conversation two weeks ago, I would have said start Cameron Johnson at the three, Theo at two, and bring Kenny Williams off the bench. But now I think maybe it's flipped a little bit. I think Kenny Williams deserves to be out there. And that's the problem with having a guy that's going to be a, a big rotational player, either from the starting position or one of the first off the bench, when they're out early. Because, Sherelle, we've talked about this, and I'm going to flip it back to you. We've talked about this is when Roy Williams likes to get his lineups figured out. And it's a work in progress for him most of the season. But without Johnson, first of all, you don't really know what you're getting. I mean, you've seen him at Pitt. You, you've seen how he played there. But how he fits into the North Carolina system, you would assume it's 
seamlessly, but I, I'm not necessarily sure that's going to be the case. So, you know, I, I think he has to come off the bench. Uh, does he still play Tech minutes? Uh, I think that's logical, maybe, and that's not downplaying play Tech at all. But I mean, Cam Johnson's got to be on the court at some point for North Carolina. That's what I'll be watching now. You know, they need to get it figured out because the ACC season starts, what, December the 30th mm-hmm. this year, and it kind of goes from there. So I think he comes off the bench at least early. Um, I, I don't think you can sit Pinson at all. I don't think you can sit Williams at this point. I think Roy Williams is going to play traditional, at least in his starting lineup, he's going to have Luke May and one of the other bigs out there. We'll discuss those guys a little bit later. But, I mean, your thoughts there, I think Johnson's your sixth man, possibly seventh man, depending on who you're playing. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because Kenny Williams was in in the same situation last season because Theo Pinson was hurt for the first little bit uh, of the season. And Kenny, I think, played great defense, but he didn't shoot well. And there's a lot of things, kind of offense, he wasn't really confident. And it it showed probably outside of that Radford game last year. So I think maybe (laughs) he's thinking, okay, I've got to play well because there's, you know, this this guy who's highly sought after, everyone in the country wanted, who we know is a great shooter, um, is going to be healthy soon, and I've got I don't want to lose my job again. So I think there's added motivation for Kenny because he's in the same spot he was last season, and you know if he continues to play like he is now, I, I don't see how you take him off the court either. So we know Barry and Pinson aren't coming off the court. We know May isn't coming off the court. So that leaves two spots, and I tend to agree with you that at least to start the game, uh, Williams will go with a traditional lineup with one of the bigs. It, it may be Garrison at times. It may be Huffman at times. It may be Manley at times. So that leaves that one spot. And right now, Kenny's just playing. He's really confident. He's shooting well. He's, you know, maybe the be- team's best on-ball defender right up there with Barry. And he just does everything you need to win. So I find it difficult for to see Roy Williams taking him off the court. But again, that's the decision that likely won't come until the end of December. Yeah, and I mean, what you mentioned about Williams's defense is what thinks what I why I think he stays on the court even if he's not shooting, you know, six of eight from the three in the first eight minutes of the ball game. I, I think that keeps him out there um, at least early on when Johnson comes back. But yeah, it's a it's a problem you like to have for Roy Williams, I would think, given the fact that all these guys are talented and you can never have too many shooters in college basketball, especially, and, and then. You know, maybe he steals some of the other bigs' minutes and they play small more. I don't know. It'd be fun to watch. But um, Yeah, and, and, you know, what people always talk about is with, with this particular North Carolina team was that, yeah, they had four or five really good players who you could count on every night. And then, you know, what what do they have after that? What's on the bench? You know, what can they get from some of the freshmen, some of the, the guys who are rising or some of the guys who are sophomores and juniors? And I think now, you know, if the expectation is that Cam Johnson comes back and is, you know, similar to what he was at Pitt, North Carolina has a really, really at least seven that they can count on every single night to do what they want to. And then they're still working to develop maybe a couple more. So it's definitely helping the depth of the team to have Kenny play so well. And it'll be, like you said, it'll be interesting to see. It's only three games, but it'll be interesting to see having this conversation again in about 10 days, you know, after they finish this long West Coast trip, after they played Michigan and Western Carolina to kind of reassess. When we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit about the interior of North Carolina's team. If there's one question mark, that's it for this bunch. We'll be right back. Terrell, watching last night, you sort of lose sight of what you're looking for when 
they're raining threes like they were. I mean, we, we talked about off air. They're tough. They're going to be tough to beat no matter who's on the interior if they're shooting like that. But let's look at the interior. I thought that going against Stanford, and Luke May figured it out a little bit, you know, a little bit later in the game than I thought he would. Stanford has those traditional big men. They appeared to give May a little bit of problems with their size until May started working some of his post moves. Your thoughts on May's play? I mean, we've first two games, he's over 20 points. He's, uh, you know, dominating. I think this game is more what we can expect on a nightly basis from May. I think 12 and nine, five assists. I mean, that's not much. Uh, not much uh, that you can't like there, given the fact that uh, we've always talked about his physical limitations. He puts 12, 9, and 5 up every night. Roy Williams is going to be very, very happy. Yeah, I, I was actually more encouraged. Maybe more isn't the word, but as encouraged by Luke May's long-term projection by the way he played last night. So a couple of things. Those those guys are all, I, I don't think, uh, for Stanford, I don't know if any of them are necessarily NBA players, but they are all tall, well-built, you know, thick guys in, in the post. They had like four of them too. So it wasn't just one guy that he had to go against. And he is at a height disadvantage most of the time when he's playing some of these bigger teams. And his shot wasn't falling. So we, we know that he's a good shooter. We've seen that consistently now for about a year. So that's something that we can expect from him, you know, on a per-game basis. What we hadn't seen was his ability to contribute maybe in other ways, um, in ways that aren't scoring. And nine rebounds, you know, he's still getting, you know, uh, rebounds. He's still able to get his hands on the ball. Pushing the ball up the court is definitely a new development. I don't know if anyone ever thought they would see Luke May grab a rebound and push, you know, the break, push up the court on the fast break for North Carolina. And then the five assists, he was the team leader in assists. So he's showing his passing acumen, his basketball acumen. He's still a good shooter. He just had an off night and he still found a way to contribute despite the fact that his shot necessarily wasn't falling. I think he was six of 15 from the field. So I was actually more encouraged that he's going to be, you know, a very solid contributor for North Carolina. As Greg Barnes said, he's going to start every game the rest of his career in North Carolina. And uh, I think last night bodes well for him. Even when he's not shooting well, he still contributes a a good deal. Yeah, and this discussion we had, um, I didn't think there's any way he'd average 10 a game, 10 rebounds a game. And he, he may well do that, given that he got nine last night against that Stanford team and North Carolina shot the ball so well. I mean, if you shoot it well, there's not many rebounds. Therefore, you better be active. And he was, you know, I think the the move that he made, okay, early, if I remember correctly, he tried to jump hook over his left shoulder and got blocked early against one of those guys. But then later on in that half, he had to post up and then the step under for a nice layup. That move there is what will score him baskets against the big athletic guys that he'll see down the road in the ACC. Yeah, he's, he's you know, I, I don't want to use any of the normal adjectives that get associated with players like him um, who maybe don't have the athleticism that, that some of the guys are playing against, but he definitely knows how to use his body to be able to get a shot off. You know, he he doesn't have tremendous length in the post. We already talked about he's six, you know, six, 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 seven, really. So he doesn't have tremendous height either. So he's going to have, much like Kennedy Meeks, he's going to have to use kind of his basketball smarts to be able to get shots off against guys who are longer, more athletic, who block shots. And, you know, that move is a perfect example. And then what he started doing, which again, uh, I'm not trying to sound like I was down on Luke May, but this is just, to me, it's so incredible what he's already doing. There was a play in the second half uh, where 
he caught the ball on the wing and like he was going to take a three, he pump faked and drove in for a layup. And as simple as that is, you know, that's just something I just never thought I would see from Luke May at this level, you know, playing in a game of that importance for North Carolina. And he's just, he surpassed anything, I think anyone outside of May and, and maybe Coach Williams, you know, ever expected. So it really is impressive. I hate to keep harping on it, but it's it's just, it's just to me, it's kind of mind blowing. Yeah, uh, it's worth harping on because the, the kid has taken last season and turned it into a note a whole nother level. And that's exactly what North Carolina needed given the youthfulness and the inexperience in college basketball that frontline has. And so let's talk about Brooks, Huffman, and Manley. Bright spots out there. I thought actually Huffman looked the best of the bunch. Sterling Manley, I think to me now, I could be terribly wrong, but he just appears to have the most upside of the three, at least sooner than later and Garrison Brooks really struggled your your thoughts on the three-headed big men that North Carolina employs against Stanford uh so there's a, a friend of mine he um he talks with Jawad Williams his name is Joey probably know him on Twitter and everything but he they, they were talking and basically they said you know there's a certain number if North Carolina's centers can combine for you know say 25 points and 13 rebounds or something like that per game then they'll be fine and, you know, I don't think they were quite at the 25 points last night. I think that maybe they were close to like 14 or 15. But what you're going to see out of them is that each each game, I think it's going to be a different guy who has an impressive performance, who's able to, you know, score a couple of points, block a couple of shots, make a, uh, grab a couple of rebounds. And last night, for the most part, it was Huffman and, Huffman and Manley. You know, the game before it was Manley. The game before that was Brooks and to Huffman to some degree as well. So I think that's what you'll see um, because they're not there yet, but they are ahead of schedule. I think you'll see consistent inconsistency and, you know, you just never know where it's going to come from any particular game right now through three, three games. The most important thing is that they're getting it, even though they're not sure exactly where it's going to come from. So I've been impressed. Um, they are further ahead of schedule than I imagined. And I think maybe the coaching staff imagined as well. Again, you know, not to keep using the Marquise Williams comparison, but sometimes when the lights come on, guys just change into different people. And maybe that's the case for Sterling Manley and to some degree Brandon Huffman because Huffman comes in and he does exactly what he's asked. He dunks the ball, he grabs rebounds, and he tries to block shots. So I think that's an encouraging sign for North Carolina, and you just hope that they continue to develop throughout the season. Yeah, and you got three guys there with 15 fouls to give. They gave 12 of the 15 last night, and that's what they have to do. But they, they need to stay on the floor and provide provide the rebounding, You get the garbage baskets, and make a move or two a game. And like you said, if they're up 20, 25 points a game, 10, 15 rebounds a game, that's that's a lot more than you can ask for normally going into this season, You know, knowing you had three freshmen there. So I think Carolina's good at that spot. It's cool to use the fouls, but they need to use them on the defensive end. I think there were four offensive fouls where a part of it just they, they probably weren't strong enough to get position in the post yet. And that's not something really they can control because they're freshmen and they haven't really had a full season of conditioning and all that stuff. You know, they're they're bigger freshmen, but they're still freshmen. So, you know, of the 12 fouls, like I said, I think four were offensive. So maybe use those four and put them on the defensive end. Yep, great point there. Lastly, before we move on to a little bit of recruiting news, what about the rest of the guys that were out there? We we could talk about Theo every night. Theo's Theo, but let's talk more about what you thought out of Felton and Woods and, and Playtech out there. I mean, I think there's some good, there's some bad. A lot of people are going to talk about Felton's dunk at the end. 
Um, but your thoughts on how those guys played. Seventh Woods, you know, I, I don't know, just from looking on the outside, looking in, he's struggling a little bit. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if it's a confidence issue. I'm, I'm not really sure exactly what it is, but um, he's into year two now. He's, he's had a few games in, into year two, and I think maybe he's feeling the pressure to perform because, you know, not looking too far ahead to next season, but he's going to be competing for the starting point guard job. And, you know, it could be one of his last chances to be the starting point guard in North Carolina. And a lot of what happens next season is going to be based upon what happens this season. So I think he may be feeling a little pressure. Um, he wants to perform well, or Williams wants him to perform, to perform well. Um, and he's done some good things, like you said. I mean, he's already hit three or four mid-range jump shots, which I think is more than he did all of the entire season last year. So he's a work in progress. He continues to be. I think I remain hopeful just because of the things we've seen him do and because I think he can become a really good defender. And that's some of the information we got out over the summer was that he really had was on his way to becoming a really good defender. Uh, as far as Jalik is concerned, he just has to just has to keep his motor up and maybe that dunk will get him started. You know, in the last couple of minutes, you know, garbage time, he hit a, a jumper from the baseline and then he had that dunk. So maybe that'll get him enthused and get him playing harder because when he's engaged, he, he may be, he's probably is North Carolina's most talented basketball player, but he's not engaged all the time. So that's something he's has, you know, has always had to work on and Roy Williams will continue to hammer home. I thought play tech was fine. He, he, he wasn't a net negative. And then when, you're coming in and asking to play spot minutes because, you know, two guys are hurt. That's kind of what you want from players to come in, play spot minutes, don't hurt the team, play good defense. And he scored one. So, and he had a really nice block. So I, I think, you know, he was fine. Let's look at the recruiting scene. I know it's pretty dead now, but there are a lot of Christmas tournaments coming up. It's crazy to say we're not even yeah. at Thanksgiving yet, but holiday tournaments are coming up already in 2017. A lot of action going on in that time. What's, What's the recruiting staff up to for UNC? What's the recruiting staff up to for Inside Carolina? So I'm going to answer that two ways. You said, let's talk about recruiting. So before we talk about the holiday stuff, I think we need to revisit the class of 2015 because everyone to a T, myself included, talked about how Kenny Williams and Luke May, you know, they weren't going to be contributors in North Carolina about how, you know, that was not a great class and North Carolina really had to make up for that class in 2016 and 17. And here we are, you know, almost three years later. And Luke May is the team's leading scorer. Kenny Williams is the team's leader. Um, I think he's made more threes than Luke. I'll have to check that. But he's among the leaders in three-pointers made. He's a starter. He's arguably the team's best on-ball defender. And you know that both of those guys, barring something crazy, will be in North Carolina for four seasons. So I think we need to retroactively give Earl Williams some credit for um, nailing those evaluations in the class of uh, 2015. He didn't necessarily get the players that he maybe wanted, but I think he ended up getting the players that he needed and that fit North Carolina the best. So Chris, me and Chris Peel, a good friend of mine, were talking about that this morning. And it's just, when you look back on it, neither of those guys was ranked, you know, really, I think, I think Kenny was in the lower nineties and Luke May on scout was in the top 100 guy. And obviously they've outplayed their ranking already. So just wanted to throw that in there that it's, it's interesting to see now that we're starting re to revisit and we have a body of work um, to view. So 
that's one point <laughs> as far as your actual question um there's a few holiday tournaments coming up uh around thanksgiving so kobe white you can check out um actually the entire schedules for all of north carolina signees and commits on inside carolina um, we're tracking that pretty closely kobe white's off to a really great start um he's already had a few 30 point games and a 40 point game and then uh leaky black and uh 2019 carolina target wendell moore start their season tonight um then over the weekend they'll be in charlotte for um, the charlotte hoops classic and they're actually playing against uh providence day and devon dotson who signed to go to kansas dotson if you recall had a north carolina offer pretty early he waited for a little while and kobe white ended up <laughs> taking the scholarship that uh had been offered to dotson so there's an interesting storyline there and then kobe will be in fayetteville at a phenon hoop phenon hoops event at fayetteville academy so he'll be there this weekend and then Nasir Little and Jeremiah Francis start their seasons uh, late next week. Crazy times. It's about to heat up uh, for North Carolina basketball, North Carolina recruit basketball. Sherelle, it's always fun to talk to you. Appreciate you getting it done on an early morning. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk a plenty over the next weeks and months as we head on into ACC basketball. Thanks, Sherelle. Oh, yeah, no problem. It's a holiday, so I'm open. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Thanks, Tommy. <laughs> Absolutely. It's always good to work on your day off. Exactly. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.